Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Now it's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode number 118 of Brewers on Tap. As the crew in the midst of this homestand, finishing up their series with the Diamondbacks on Wednesday afternoon, then welcoming the Mets to town, and then the Cardinals come calling before the Brewers go back out of town on another three-city road trip. It has been a great last couple of weeks, as most of you well know, and this past week maybe one of the best weeks of the year so far for the crew, finishing up that road trip through Colorado, Arizona, where we last talked to you, and then, of course, Minnesota with a 7-3 record, one of the best 10-game road trips in Brewers history. And the Brewers have just kept on winning. The Diamondbacks in town, they've taken the first two games of this series. The last one on Tuesday night in dramatic fashion, one nothing shutout with some fireworks in the ninth inning, and Manny Pena's arm having a big part in the eighth and in the ninth inning. Just some tremendous baseball right now being played by the Brewers, and this is a really fun club right now to watch. They are sitting at 30-19. and 19. That's one of the top five records in all of Major League Baseball. It's the most wins in the National League and the second-best winning percentage in the National League, only to the Atlanta Braves, who are 29-18. and 18. That's a 6-17 clip. The Brewers are at a 6-12 clip. So these two teams in a virtual deadlock atop the National League, and the Brewers with a two-and-a-half game lead in the NL Central. It has been a good couple of weeks. Brewers starting pitching has performed at a good level. The bullpen has continued its dominance and the offense has started to really come around. The long ball starting to become a big part of this offense again as the weather has turned up. The Brewers offense has come along with it. So it's been a really good couple of weeks. Here's what we have for you on the show today. We're going to have a conversation with Corey Knebel back in that closer's role, making that bullpen just that much more dominant. Uh, Derek Johnson is always is also going to join us, Brewers pitching coach. We're going to have a chance to chat with him about Freddie Peralta's historic start last Sunday, about what this bullpen's bringing to the table right now, and all the different things that he is managing with all these great, this just plethora of arms that he has at his disposal. So Derek Johnson's going to join us as well on the podcast this week. So we're looking forward to that. That should be a lot of fun. And, of course, we have plenty more 
coming your way because we're going to take a look at things down on the farm. It's not just the Brewers Big League Club that's doing a lot of winning. The Brewers Minor Leagues having some big-time success and some prospects performing at a very, very high clip. So we're going to take a look at that uh, today as well. And then we'll let you know what's coming up uh, for the crew. This homestand continues through the middle of next week. That's exciting. And we have plenty more uh, to talk about also. So uh, stay with us here on episode number 118 of Brewers on Tap. But as we've told you, it's been a great week for the Brewers. Let's listen back to this week and how it's unfolded. 0-1 to Shaw. Hit a ton down the right field line. If it's fair, it's gone. It is fair! Off the pole! A two-run blast for Travis Shaw, and it's 2-0 Brewers. About three-quarters of the way up the foul pole down the right field line. Pitch to Domingo. Hit a ton to deep left! It's 3-0 Brewers! Back-to-back pitches. Shaw, then Santana, 3-0 Milwaukee. 2-0 on Yelich, here it is. Hit to right field and hit pretty well. Souza back, looks up, gone! Yelich has gone deep with a two-run blast. 5-2 Brewers on that laser beam by Yelich. Saladino sends it in the air, deep center field, racing back to the track. Dyson looks up, it's gone. Saladino to straight center. Got all of that one for his second home run of the season. The first time he gets to jog around the bases this season. And it's 6-2 Brewers. 2-0 pitch to G-Man Choi. Hit in the air, deep into center field. Back, Buxton looks up, it's gone. Welcome back, G-Man Choi. One-two to Aguilar. Hit a ton down the left field line. That ball is gone. Second deck for Jesus. It's 4-0 Milwaukee. Yikes, that ball was crushed. Here it is. Lined on the left field line. If it's fair, it's gone. And it is a fair ball. Off the pole it goes. Aguilar with his second home run of the ball game. It's 6-1 Milwaukee. Here's the 0-2 from Corey. Swing and a miss. This ball game is over. 8-3 Brewers. They take down the Twins in game one of this weekend border battle series. Great pitching from Suter. Aguilar hits a couple of homers. It all turns into a five-run victory for Milwaukee. And it's 1-2 and two now to Jesus Aguilar. The pitch, and Aguilar sends this in the air. Deep center field, long run for Cave. He's at the track. He's at the wall. He leaps up. Bye-bye baseball. Jesus Aguilar, for the third time in this series, goes deep. A big fly for the big guy, his sixth of the season. And the Brewers have tied this game at two. Stay hot. Jesus Aguilar. Swinging as good a bat as anybody Two on the right now. Hit in the air, left center field, and hit well. Back on it is Cave at the track. Yelich has given the Brewers the lead. No wind was going to keep that drive in the ballpark as the crew takes a 5-4 advantage in the eighth inning. 
His fifth home run of the season. And the Brewers indeed lead for the first time since the second Pena inning. going away. Here's the pitch. He struck him out. Hayter strikes out the side in the eighth. What else is new for the flamethrower Josh Hader? Lorenzo Cain leads at first the pitch. Shaw sends one to left center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Travis Shaw. And the Brewers have the lead as Shaw goes out of here. Number 11 on the year for Travis Shaw. Brinky winds and deals to Domingo. He had the green light, drives one to right field. Drifting back, Owings at the warning track, at the wall. He's run out of room. It's gone. He went to rip it on 3-0, and Santana gives the Brewers a 3-1 lead. Two balls, two strikes. Here it is. Lorenzo sends it to left center and deep. We're going to have a winner. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Lorenzo Kane. And the Brewers add one more against Grinke and the Diamondbacks. Canable all set to work again. Here it is. Bouncer hit right side. There is Aguilar and the toss to Canable covering. And this one is over. Corey Canable comes on and works a perfect ninth inning. Final Brewers four. Diamondbacks to some great moments over the last week for the Brewers, of course, uh, winning on Wednesday and that getaway day game against the Arizona Diamondbacks, having Thursday off, then taking the first two of the three-game series against the Twins and taking the first two games so far of this home series against the Diamondbacks. And again, they've done it in a lot of different ways. Josh Hader's continued his dominance. How about the Brewers being 17-0 in games in which Josh Hader has pitched in this year? He has 58 strikeouts and just 29 and a third innings. He's holding opponents to a .06 batting average. That's 8 for 93. He is like a video game. That's probably what people have said the most about Josh Hader. He's like a video game. And Jeremy Jeffress is not far behind either. Unscored upon in 24 of his last 25 appearances this season, a .35 ERA. Let me say that again. A .35 ERA for Jeremy Jeffress. Opponents hitting just 120 off of him. He has not allowed a run in 21 consecutive appearances. When you have those two guys, and oh, by the way, we're going to run Corey Knebel out at the back part of the game to close it off, that is dangerous. Plus, you add in Dan Jennings and Matt Albers and keep on going down the list. Brewers are in really good shape right now. This is the best bullpen in baseball. Let's talk to the man that is partially responsible for all of those great numbers. Brewers pitching coach, Derek Johnson. Let's break it down. DJ, uh, what an incredible first month and a half plus now of this season and the things you've had to manage from a pitching standpoint. But um, through all of it, it seems like everybody's really answered the call and stepped up when they've needed to. Yeah, I mean, it's just really a testament to our guys and kind of where they're at mentally. And, you know, it's... um, bringing guys back and forth into the the bullpen to starter like a like a suitor it's bringing Peralta up for his first major league start and you know it's it's shuffling the deck here and there even in the bullpen some so um so it's been cool it's been cool to watch it's been it's been cool to be a part of and like I say more more just from a standpoint of 
of how they've responded. You never want to deal with injuries, but if guys answer the call when called upon and step up and you can get them through some of those situations, you can be better for it at the end of the day. And that's kind of been a little bit the case. If Freddie Peralta goes out and, and a, a historic start for him with 13 strikeouts, what did you say to him before the game in terms of let's just keep this thing simple? That seemed to be the message overall. Uh, certainly. I gave him three objectives. I said, I want you to breathe, I want you to smile, and I want you to pitch the way you pitch. And, and really, that, that was our scouting report that particular day. And I thought Manny did a, a really great job behind the plate of kind of leading him into you know, some good counts and some favorable situations off, uh, you know, from a pitching standpoint. And, but, but for me, it really was just about trying to keep it as simple as, you know, two or three things I knew he could do. At the same time, is it exciting that Chase is going to be back here soon? Zach Davies is going to make a rehab start over the weekend now, so you're getting closer to getting him back, and, and the health of this rotation looks to be going in the in the right direction now. Yeah, you hope so, and I mean, you never know. I don't think you can go to into any year and think that, you know, the five that yeah. you started with are going to be the five you end up with, but, you know, as you just said, it, it's going to help us later on, whether it's, it's Suter or, you know, or Woodruff or, or Peralta, you know, instead of, those guys making a spot start here and there they're getting some decent time in right now and uh, or instead of bringing Freddie in in September and all of a sudden you know he's gone through a couple in in May so I, I just got to believe that's going to help us down the road in case something does happen. Maybe the the hero that nobody's talking about right now is what Yoli Shasin has been able to do to help stabilize the rotation and, and be a guy that you can give the ball to every five days and his slider has gotten better as the season's gone along. I thought his changeup the last time out was really good also. Yeah, me too. I mean, he, he used it very effectively, and it made them think about something other than just his fastball or his breaking ball. And, you know, his breaking ball is, is uh, it's a good pitch. And, and I think his fastball has gotten gotten better in time too. And so he's, uh, he's put in good work, you know, in the middle of the week in between starts and, um, we, we've changed some things up that, that I think have helped him, and we're just going to kind of continue that. But, you know, if, if he throws the way he has the, the last three or four times out, we're in pretty good shape. What you and Counts and Lee have done in terms of managing the bullpen and the roles, all of these guys now, it seems like, have been put in high leverage spots and answered the call. And it doesn't seem like you guys are hesitant to put any of these guys into those spots either. You, you really have the benefit of a very deep pin with a lot of guys that have real stuff. Yeah, you know, you look at a guy like Taylor Williams, he felt the eighth inning in a pretty high leverage spot the other day, and and uh, that that's huge for him and it's huge for us. I mean, um, you know, really, when you get into to bullpen situation and bullpen usage, you're trying to match up the best you can in terms of left on right or, or left on left or whatever. And, and, and so, you know, from that end of it, um, you know, I feel like we've, we've tried to put them in good spots and it's worked out pretty good so far. Well, DJ, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time today. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, getting Corey Knable back has been a big deal for the man you just heard from, Derek Johnson, because now you have Josh Hader, you have Jeremy Jeffress, you have Dan Jennings, you have Matt Albers, you have Taylor Williams, you have all these arms and all these different ways to get the game to the ninth inning. And sometimes you may not have to get to the game to the ninth inning and give it to Corey Knable. Sometimes you might let Matt Alberts finish or certainly Josh Hader finish, or you can have Jeremy Jeffers finish. This is a Brewers team that has a bunch of closers right now, but the all-star from last year is back, and the curveball's back, and the command is back with that big velocity, and Corey Knable has made this Brewers team just that much better. 
Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, in 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty but good it's job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be uh, your plan. But once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It was. Um, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses, and that's where guys get caught up in uh, trying to do too much. Now for the clubhouse conversation. Corey, the time that you spent on the DL watching the rest of the bullpen step up and, and have the impact that they had, not where you wanted to be, but at the same time, did it get you excited for when you came back how strong this pin was going to be? It did. It got me really excited, and uh, you know, it's fun watching the guys, you know, do what they had to do while I was gone. And um, you know, I, I really feel like it helped Council a lot too. You know, he got to see these guys in different roles and see what they're capable of. And now he's got a lot of options. And uh, you know, it's it's been fun to watch, and it's gonna be a fun year, Gil. As you went through the rehab process, you know, what was it that really motivated you? Because you got back a lot quicker than a lot of people thought initially. Um. Well, you know, I was didn't feel good and I guess just kind of going into it I was like look if I start feeling better I'd like to get in there and get going um, you know of course I didn't want to overdo anything but at the same time I was like hey the guys are going good so I have no need to rush but if I start feeling good I want to I want to get going and uh, you know the doctors said everything they they had to say like hey you know it's not too big of an injury so um, here's the four to eight weeks and you know go from there and so well, I heard four weeks, so it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get back in four weeks, and I did. Corey, your last couple of times out, how much more like yourself are you starting to feel? Are you feeling more confident each time you climb the mound right now? Yeah, um, you know it's it's one thing that comes, I guess, you know, with getting out. So, you know, confidence starts building up. So uh, yeah, it's it's really helped out a lot. And to be honest, knowing that I've got freaking bullpen that we have here behind me. Um, if anything goes wrong, I know they got my back. And just like all of us do, we have each other's backs. I remember last year you and I talking early in the season about how you found your curveball early, and you thought that was really what propelled you to that next level. Have you felt like you've started to really find that as well? Uh, Coors Field's always kind of a tough atmosphere to, to spin that curveball in, but um, your, your outings since then have seemed like the curveball's been there. Yeah, um, you know, it's pitching in Colorado Springs is really the same as pitching in Denver. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of experience in Colorado Springs, so I was able to kind of find it out there, which in turn I feel helped me um, out in Colorado. And, yeah, I mean, you just – the thing with my curveball is I can't try and do too much, and that's what I have to do out in Colorado. If you try and do too much, it's not going to do anything. So, um, you know, you bring that out here when you got the humidity and a little grip on the ball, you can just be easy with it and let the, let the grip do all the work. Coming off of last season and the success that you had, what, what was the thing that really drove you over the course of the offseason getting ready for 2018, knowing that you had done so much in 2017 on a personal level and as a team? Um, I mean, as a personal level, you know, 2017 was, was great. Um, and a lot of people are going to say the same thing about our team, how we did in 2017. But um, everyone here kind of knows what happened last year. And, you know, that was a little motivation for everybody. You know, we didn't want that to happen again. You know, we uh, we missed it by one game, and we're not going to let that happen this year. So we're going to make sure, you know, every game counts, and we're going to get the wins when we have to get them. I think you knew what Josh Hader was capable of last year, so what he's doing probably doesn't surprise you all that much, even though it's historic in some ways. 
But what Jeremy Jeffress is doing, uh, that has to really please you because you've, you've been alongside him through all of this. JJ, he is back to his 2016 self when he was here closing, and um, it's, it's been amazing to watch him and definitely everything he's gone through to come back and be like he is right now. Um, so that's definitely good to see. And, you know, Hater, yeah, like you said, it's not surprising to me at all. I saw what he did last year, and still, every time he comes in the game this year, I'm freaking mesmerized. I'm, I'm on another level watching him. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been fun to watch those two guys. Corey, always appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Leonard. Appreciate it. Our thanks to Corey Knable for joining us on the podcast this week. Corey Knable is one of the big reasons why the Brewers have now clinched their fourth consecutive series win, dating back to that first series of the road trip in Colorado against the Rockies. Just an incredible stretch. Enjoy this one, Brewers fans, because uh, these are the kind of stretches that you need to really appreciate when the season is over and appreciate them while they're going on. All right, let's uh, jump in to things from a minor league side and go down on the farm. Checking in on the farm. As we go down on the farm, the Brewers minor leagues are on fire right now. 25 and 18 for the AAA Colorado Springs Sky Sox, 28 and 17 for the Biloxi Shuckers. So the top two levels for the Brewers uh, minor league system are uh, playing really good baseball right now. Then you go down to Class A Advanced Carolina. They're hovering around 500 at 22 and 23. And Class A Wisconsin, they have played much better baseball here of late. They're sitting at 21 and 24 overall. Let's jump into some of the numbers, and we start with AAA. Infielder Dylan Moore has been promoted to Colorado Springs, and the Newport Beach, California native went three for four with two doubles on Tuesday. He's now batting 382 with six runs, three doubles, a triple, four RBIs, two walks, and a 946 OPS in 10 games at AAA this year. He has split his time between Biloxi and Colorado Springs, and over that stretch of time, he's hitting 376 with 17 extra base hits and 22 driven in. So he is getting it done right now for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. Other names for the Sky Sox to pay attention to right now, we keep telling you about Nate Orff. He continues to hit. He's hitting 345 on the year. Eric Sogard's starting to swing it a little bit better now that he's back down in AAA. Two for five on Tuesday, batting average up to 256. Keon Broxton's been hot here recently. He's got his average down there up to 277. He went one for four on Tuesday as well. So definitely some names to pay attention to. Jacob Nottingham uh, is hitting in the mid-300s. He's been really good as well for the crew um, down in AAA. AA Biloxi, it's that group of guys that were all in Carolina last year. They all got moved up, and they're all performing really, for the most part, better in AA this year than they did last year in high A. Um, some of the names to, to pay attention to. Corey Ray is really the guy that is standing out right now. His last 19 games uh, over the month of May, basically, he's hitting 278 with 14 runs. But here's the, here's the thing. The power numbers, four doubles, a triple, six home runs, and 11 driven in, plus 13 walks in the month of May. Uh, the power is starting to show up for Corey Ray. That's a really exciting thing um, if you're a Brewers fan because Corey Ray, 2016 first-round draft pick, and didn't have a great year last year at the plate but he's starting to put together a really good year at the plate and probably is going to put himself on the radar for 2019 for the Brewers. You know, Maybe not a, a guy that makes the team coming out of camp in 2019, but he can probably put himself in the conversation 
to be a piece for the Brewers um, a year from now, or certainly two years from now, with the way that he's playing right now, being an advanced bat as a college guy. Um, the other guy in Double A to pay attention to is Jake Gatewood, who got off that great start last year, then kind of you know, slowed down a little bit down the stretch in Class A, Advanced Carolina. He got off to a slow start this year in Double A, but uh, is batting 324 now over his last 20 games. So in the month of May, he's hitting 324. He has two home runs. He's driven in 13. He has really come along very well um, for the Biloxi Shuckers. And so they're starting to hit it a little bit. That's been a, a pitching dominant uh rotation and, and team in general with the Shuckers, with Thomas Jenkins and what he's been able to do. Zach Brown's been really good. But that's a that's a double-A team now that's starting to hit it as well in uh, what's kind of a tough hitter's league in the Southern League. In Class A Advanced Carolina, the guy you got to talk about, or the guys you got to talk about, are the guys on the mound. Cam Regner, the lefty from Beloit, Wisconsin, has a .76 ERA, 47 and a third innings pitched, four earned runs. He is not allowed to run in his last 22 and two-thirds innings. Trey Supak is 2-1 with a 1.76 ERA, 10 earned runs over 51 innings pitched. He has 48 strikeouts in nine starts this year. He's 1-0 with a 1-2-1 ERA, and he's been really good at home. Those two guys are guys to keep an eye on. Uh, if they keep pitching like that, they're not going to be in Class A advanced all year long. They could be up in Double A. Uh, before it's all said and done. And for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, uh, Peyton Henry is really hot right now in the month of May. Uh, it's been good to see what he's been able to put together, the young catcher. He leads the entire Brewers farm system with a 1,041, if you will, a 1,041 OPS in the month. And uh, in t- teammate and infielder Gabriel Garcia also is over 1,000 with his OPS. And, of course, we've told you a lot about what Joe Angel Segovia has been doing as well for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. He's really kind of been the guy all season long for the T-Rats, and Segovia's been fun to watch. He had that long on-base streak going, and he's been hitting around 400, really, for the most part. Uh, For the majority of the year, it's average right now sitting at 375. So overall, 96-82, and the record for the Brewers minor league teams. All right, let's see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. Here's what we have coming up for you uh, on tap with the Brewers. You get to celebrate Memorial Day weekend this weekend. Brewers hosting the Mets. That starts Thursday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Mets, and then the Cardinals coming into town to wrap up this homestand. So that's the 24th through the 30th with those two home series against the Mets and Cardinals. You've got Brewers-Mets on Thursday at 7:10, Friday at 7:10, and there's a snapback hat giveaway. First 20,000 fans at Miller Park are going to take home a snapback hat featuring the Brewers' ball and club logo, courtesy of 94.5 KTI Country. Then on Saturday, that's a 3:10 start, Zuba's Palooza. Fans of the special theme night package will take home a Zuba's print Brewers lightweight hoodie. On Sunday, the 27th, you have been waiting for this. I know you have. It's the Mayor of Ding Dong City bobblehead, courtesy of U.S. Cellular. All fans in attendance get that Travis Shaw Mayor of Ding Dong City bobblehead. That's going to be fun. And then on Monday, that's Memorial Day, that's a 110 start against the Cardinals. All fans in attendance enjoy dollar hot dogs throughout the game. It's also a kids and senior discount day. Kids 14 and under and seniors 60 or older can enjoy 50% off tickets and a Miller High Life Monday. 
Fans can enjoy $6 Terrace Reserve tickets courtesy of Miller High Life. And Tuesday, the game's at 640. Wednesday, another day game. That's a 12-10 starts a kids and seniors discount day as well. To secure your tickets for the jam-packed homestand, visit brewers.com slash tickets. All right, that's going to do it. It's episode number 118 of Brewers on Tap. Hope you have a good one. We will talk to you again next week. I'm Lindgren. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.